All right, so just to kind of give you a little bit of vision for what we're doing, uh, it's, it's been a while since we've done this, right? We were yeah. looking it up, and then, um, so it was, it's, it's kind of a little uncomfortable for us because I've done this thousands of times, um, some type of teaching, and this is Brandy's fifth time uh, to do something like this. And so, you know, Brandy and I, like to, uh, and I like to listen to a lot of podcasts. And so kind of what we thought we wanted to do is kind of have a more of a podcast type of vibe, is kind of have a conversation uh, with you guys involved. Always in our relationship, I've always been the big talker and the relationship. Brandy's talked less. Uh, this is how it's always been because every report card I've ever received has always said needs to speak less with neighbors, uh, that sort of thing. And so, so that's just who I am. So we're going to do that as a, as a kind of a podcast vibe as we talk about these things. We uh, are going to be talking about, um, you know, the role of kind of raising kids within marriage. And, and so I want to give you that, that idea. I wanted to start off kind of with our aerial view. We're going to have an aerial view. We're going to have a street level view. And then we're going to have a closing uh, exhortation. And if we don't have enough material, um, if it doesn't go long enough, then you just get a longer lunch. And so it's a catbird seat right here. And so the aerial view, um, it just passed for Brandy and I, I believe 29 years since we first met, uh, was just the other day. Uh, we met when um, I was a, a sophomore in college. She was a freshman in college. And we've been married for 25 years. Uh, we have four kids. Um, uh, let's see, we were doing the numbers 22... You can, you can t- do you want me to do it? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Okay, do it. 22. We have a 22-year-old daughter um, who's out on her own. She's married as of seven months ago. Um, then we also have a, a 19-year-old daughter that's a fight in Texas Aggie. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, and then we also have a 17-year-old son that's still at home with us. And then we have a 15-year-old um, daughter who's also at home with us. Yeah. So did Emma not just turn 20? You're right. Emma turned 20. Okay. She's a fighting Texas Aggie, class yeah. of 26, but she's 20 years old. That's yeah. right. It gets confusing. It, you have enough hard. of them, and the time goes by, and they're out of the house, so you don't really remember. Um, <laughs> and so you have to ask them, or, or for us, it's like trying to do the math. Okay, I know they were born in 04. Uh, you try to go from there. So um, just by way of introduction, would you turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6? That's the first. Is kind of we, we go through our aerial view portion of, of this study, and, and the hope is... You know, as we just basically share kind of some ideas about marriage, some things, uh, some wisdom we've had, um, I don't, we don't know exactly where a lot of you are in this. You know, some of you may have young children. Um, some of you may have kids out, out in your empty nesters. Some of you have grandkids. We're just hoping that the Lord um, speaks to you something through this message. And that also, uh, it might be something if you're not going to maybe use even directly, that's something you can share with someone else. And, um, and so we were talking about that this morning. Just, I feel like the spiritual gift I have for parenting is being tired. Um, and so uh, they, they, I realize that as I look in the mirror, it's like, wow, this life and these kids really tire you out. Um, people I haven't seen in a while, they'll say, Steve, your hair is really gray. And I was like, well, thanks for noticing. Um, so Deuteronomy 6, just kind of our, the, the text that we want to work off, kind of our launching off spot, uh, starting in verse 1. So Moses says, now this is the commandment, and these are the statutes and judgments uh, which the Lord your God has commanded to teach you that you may observe them in the land that you are crossing over to possess, that you may fear the Lord your God to keep all his statutes, all his commandments, which I command you, you and your son and your grandson all the days of your life, that your days may be prolonged. And therefore, hear, O Israel, and be careful to observe it, that it may be well with you, and that you may multiply greatly, um, 
uh, as the Lord your God of your fathers has promised you, a land flowing with milk and honey. And here, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Uh, talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk in the way and when you lie down and when you rise up. And so that's kind of the, the overview for, for what we wanted to share this morning. And just so much here, you know, as, as Moses um, is, is giving kind of the, the retelling of the law to the, the new generation about to cross over the Jordan to go into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. And it's a, it's a lot of fun because I teach seventh grade classes at, at MCA, Midland Classical Academy. Brandy and I both work there. Um, and so it's, it's, I was pe- teaching through, we're in numbers right now, and he keeps on mentioning a land flowing with milk and honey. And one of my seventh graders raises his hand and is like, how can it be that it flows with milk and honey. He just really took it so literally. And so just a reminder that as you're sharing these truths with with, uh, the younger people, with children and others, they don't really get it, don't really understand. And so Brandy, I believe, and I have have really sought to live out really verse seven of this idea that wherever we go and how we do life as parents, that we want to just share truth with them. And, And so maybe you've heard this saying that it's better caught than taught. Um, and so what, what I would argue that it's caught and taught, uh, that as you teach your children, as we see here in Deuteronomy chapter six, that we're really teaching them the way that they should go, but then it's not enough to actually teach them the way that they should go. We actually have to live it out as well. So that's where there's often a disconnect. And I think about what Jesus had to say with the Pharisees. Hey, he says, do what they say, but not what they do, because they say and do not do. And, and so for us, it's really important for us to be abiding in Christ as parents. And so I would say one of the best things that you can do for your children, whether they're young children, whether they're grown children, um, whether they're your grandchildren, is to uh, take seriously abiding in Christ. And I think we've already hit on that some with the importance of priority in marriage, of uh, looking to, to Christ. Um, to have him as your first relationship of wanting to please him. But that's really, really important uh, that, you, that we do that. And then so also as we kind of talk about abiding in Christ, it, really for me, abiding in Christ is just walking in obedience, right? And, and this should be the general, the general trend of your life, a general trend that honors Christ. You're not going to be perfect every day. You're not going to be perfect any day. And so it's really important for you to share that with your kids, not to excuse it and say, well, don't worry about how mommy and daddy do things. We have our own regulations and rules. Um, I'm not saying that, but it's important for your kids to know that, that you're a sinner and you're only righteous because of Christ's righteousness. That, that you seek to abide in him in that way. And so, um, you know, one of the things along these lines as, as you're thinking about this and as you're living life, and it was already talked about in relation to spouses earlier, is not allowing your spouse to be an idol. And so the same thing is not allowing your children to become idols. That's um, very, very easy to do. Um, I was on a, a Christian YouTube channel and it was kind of moving through and it was talking about um, how hard it is to, to share the gospel in Japan. And it was talking about how, um, you know, the, the gospel is really exploding in places like Iran. I was like, oh, these are interesting topics. And then one of the, the um, videos was the idolatry of youth sports. Was, that was interesting. Now I haven't clicked on it just yet. Um, <laughs> you know, like... Got to get my heart ready for that one. Um, 
but it's very easy, right? It's very easy. And, and I didn't think about it in the same way, but, you know, when I was younger, I would see parents that were, uh, you know, overly emphasized their, their children's, um, you know, athletic success. And we, when I was growing up, it was called living vicariously, right? You're living vicariously through your children, and that's what it was. And, and it was interesting because when I was young, it was, it was something that you, um, we could kind of see was wrong, but with the proliferation of youth sports now, it's just, it's like accepted. That's kind of how it is. And so we have to be very careful. Um, you know, the Lord, the very first commandment is you shall have no other gods before me. That, that I'm, I'm the only God. That's what God says. And, and I found in my life, and you probably found this, you've been walking with the Lord for any uh, length of time, is that the Lord will suffer no other idols. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how much you say, well, I really like this idol, Lord. I just, come on, just one. Uh, the Lord says no. It says in his word that he will not share his glory with another. He just won't. And so it's really important for us to keep that biblical perspective and then one more thing I want to say, and then I'm going to shift over and let Brandy speak for a little bit, is, is um, you know, that really viewing our children as a stewardship uh, is very, very important. Our, our children do not exist to fulfill some need in our lives. Our, our children don't exist so that, you know, we can feel good about things or even we can have somebody to love. Really, our, our, we call them our kids. And in one sense, they are. I would say in a lesser sense, they are our kids. In a primary sense, they belong to God. They're creations of God. They belong to him. And so I think about the parable of the talents, right? If you've been given kids, if God has blessed you with children, um, and then you are to steward those children, um, but then you're to realize you're going to be held accountable for that stewardship. Um, that they don't, they don't kind of somehow belong to you. Or, and that's what we found in our, in our lives. Whenever we're most frustrated with our kids, it's ultimately because they're reflecting badly upon us somehow. And then that's what we're just making life about ourselves. So, Yeah. Um, as we considered this topic, one of the things that I kept coming back to was this bus analogy. And, it, and so I just want you to imagine with me here that when I married Steve 25 years ago, it's like we received a bus. Okay. Um, we knew where we were supposed to end up. We knew our final destination. Hopefully that's with the Lord in heaven, right? But we weren't given, but we weren't given turn-by-turn directions. Fingers crossed. <laughs> right? He, it's before navigation, all those things. He doesn't give us turn-by-turn directions. We have some autonomy in this bus and so forth, but our eyes are upon him and he's in front of us and that's where we're headed. Um, we've been driving this bus for many years now. We've seen some beautiful things, um, highs, lows. We've been broken down on the side of the road, but we're still at it. Um, along the way, new passengers got on our bus. These are our kids. Every two years, another one showed up on our bus, right? Um, the bus was noisy, it was messy, and we would get distracted um, from the road, and we'd sometimes get our eyes off the Lord, um, but the bus was still moving towards that final destination. Um, we did our best to not allow the kids to grab the wheel, mess with the radio, um, jump out the windows. Um, um, the kids kept growing, and the bus got really crowded. Um, this summer, we had a big party with flowers and a white dress to celebrate um, our oldest daughter's departure from our bus. Uh, she and her, her new husband, his name is Bryce, they now have their own bus, and that's as it should be, okay? Um, he didn't join our bus, 
right? They have their own bus and they're headed in their own direction. Um, eventually, all the passengers are going to exit our bus. That's what we're hoping. Um, you can pray for us. We'll talk, um, we'll talk about our son a little bit later. We'll, uh, yeah. we'll, we'll see if he gets off the bus. Or yeah. So. Um, but I mean, you know, in the end, it's going to be Steve and I left on the bus still following after the Lord. So it's going to be important that we consider our marriage as we're stewarding these kids that are still on our bus um, and keep our eyes upon the Lord in front of us. Yeah, that's that's a really important point, and um, to bring up is this is this idea that your kids are are part of your life in a very I would say well I was going to use the word invasive oh. <laughs> in a very invasive way uh, for quite a, in a very intrusive way. intrusive that's also negative but you know uh, so um, they're very involved uh, in your lives uh, for for a lot of, you know this this period of time but kind of keeping your mind on that that idea this truth that they're going to be really involved for a certain period of time. And then our goal is really, um, is not independence, but transfer dependence. And I think that's something where I've heard, I've heard it taught. And it was, um, cause Brandon and I both grew up in, in households that weren't Christian. And, um, so there was kind of this idea of being independent, right? You need to be independent and you need to get your education and you need to get a good job and be independent and be independent. And Christians use this terminology. Nowhere in the scriptures does God want us to be independent. Never. What we want to do for our kids is we want them to transfer. So it's kind of like God's here and here's our kid, here's us and here's our kids underneath. And what we want to do is we want to train them up so they transfer their dependence from us on directly onto the Lord. That's really the goal. And so it's transferred dependence. So we don't want to tell our kids, we want you to be independent. Now we might say things like, I want you to be financially independent, <laughs> right? I don't want to, you're 35. I don't want to pay for your cell phone, right? That, that sort of thing. But we want to have, give them a transferred dependence. And so it's really important. Um, and, and we'll talk about this as we move through this is that we want them to know, Hey, I, I want you guys, we want you to trust the Lord. We want you to be in a position where you can trust the Lord. And so we've been um, pretty honest, I think, with our kids as far as telling them our story, uh, what we were like before we became believers and how we became believers and how we did things poorly and how we're trying to do things now, all of those things. And so um, kind of so, so kind of our last thing with our aerial view before we get onto our street level view um, is to remind ourselves that children are a blessing. And sometimes you really need this reminder. Okay, the, the Bible says that children are a blessing, but they don't always feel like that, okay? And so um, Brandy and I, I would say, are, are realists, mm -hmm. right? We would never have a shirt that says, like, too blessed to be stressed, mm -mm. you know? No offense if you're wearing that today, um, but, like, it's just been real. Like, and, and so we've had a lot of good times as parents, but it has been a challenge. Um, it really has. And so we remind ourselves that children are a blessing, uh, remind our, ourselves that, that also this is something that, because Brandy and I do some marriage counseling um, as well, and we, we always tell people, hey, marriage, really what God is doing through marriage is death to self. Um, and so marriage is refining. And so please let go of all of the, the rom-coms of you complete me and all that nonsense. Soulmates. Yeah, soulmates. Okay. Um, it's just not reality. Because what God is doing really in there is, you know, you know as, as Brandon and I have got married, there's been a lot of death to self for us. 
right? He's refining us in that. But then what happens is, so marriage is basically putting two sinners in close proximity to one another. Some might say close captivity to one another, right? And so you're you're putting them together. So whenever you put two sinners in close proximity, there's going to be sparks. Now, and so then you can either fight and complain and all that, or you can start dying to self. Well, then you have kids and those kids are also sinners. And so now you just have more sinners. Close in, proximity. In close proximity, yes. And so there's more death to self, but that's good. And so it's really important for us as believers to really kind of have this idea or this, we need to have this truth, this reality that God's doing something good through these hard times. God's doing something good through these difficulties, through this hardship, through this growth. And so that's kind of our, our big area of view. Do you have something to add to that part? No. No? Okay. Mm-mm. All right. So street-level view. So we're going to kind of come down a little bit, um, you know, from going, moving from the drone, moving to the street now. Um, and so really it's important that if your kids are younger, that you really nurture that marital relationship in the days of, of young kids. Um, that it's, it's really easy to just change diapers and make sure kids are fed and make sure they're dropped off and run around and, and you as, as husband and wife become just like ships passing in the night. Um, and and it's, so it's, it's important. And so it was years ago and, and uh, our kids were grammar school level and I remember going to the kind of the open house at the beginning of the year and something was said that struck me and it's, uh, it's a phrase I, I hope to, to share with you that you would remember it. Said this, the days are long but the years are short. And so maybe some of you already heard that. Uh, we were at our in-laws uh, the, other, the other day and I saw they had a mug <laughs> that said that. But that's what we need to remember when our kids are little um, is that the days are long, but the years are short. Um, and so maybe you can share a little bit about how you felt on the days when you know, I was working and you were at home. You know? Yeah, I mean, I think it was a real difficult adjustment too. We, we were married for about three years before we had children. And once we had children, I went from having a career to being at home. And it was a really difficult adjustment. Um, I think, you know, I, I, hear, I hear women say sometimes like, oh, you know, they just loved those days of little babies. I just wish they would never grow up. They're just so cute. Don't you want to, you know, all this? No, like <laughs> it, was, it was really, really hard for me. And we had, you know, four kids and eight years and I had, I was pregnant or nursing for almost 10 years. And, um, it was a really dark season for me. It was a real challenge. And I think some of the things that really helped, um, us get through those times. And I don't know that I realized how hard it was until I could get out of it. I think it was a little bit like the fog of war. Um, but then looking back on it, I think some of the key things that helped were communication being communication with, you know, with Steve and just, um, communication about what parenting is like, about what the day-to-day is like, because he's away at a job, I'm at home with them. Um, just having good communication on on what's happening, how I'm feeling, how how is this going? Is there any purpose in this? Do you see any fruit here? Because this is really hard. Um, but just really open and honest communication about parenting, but then also about our own relationship so that I didn't end up making the kids an idol, you know? Because I think, especially for a mom who, generally speaking, spends more time with the kids, it's easy to make those kids into an idol and to really just put all your focus and attention onto them. And especially during the season when they're really little, it can be really draining and it can be really hard to find time and space for your spouse, right? So being really open and honest with where you are, and I think that goes two ways, right? I think you have to be honest with what you're feeling as well and share that. Um, Can I jump in on that real quick? Yeah, so I, I think that, yeah, we. We've learned a lot um, t- 
talking about these things after the fact mm-hmm. of not really realizing, you know, because because as I think back, you know, coming out of college, Brandy had a high powered job and, you know, she was making good money and uh, like got a lot of affirmation. And so when she stopped that and then she's just staying at home with Phoebe, our oldest, and then I was working literally seven days a week at a church and it was just, it was a lot. And mm-hmm. so it was very challenging. And, and I think that something that we try to share with, with younger, um, you know, married couples is, hey, really kind of check in. Um, because, you know, <laughs> I'll share one funny story. So it used to be that, that Brandy, where we lived in Houston, when I was working at the church, it was like literally right behind the church. And there was this fence that had a hole a in it. A chain link fence. A chain link fence with a hole in it. So she would come over for lunch and she would pass... Phoebe, Phoebe through the hole, through the hole in the fence, and then Brandy would climb through, and we'd have lunch together. And then we were talking about how Phoebe would have false memories that she was a refugee. Uh, you know, that's how she got passed through yeah. the fence. But that um, might have been what got me through the day. I mean, yes. just being able to come up for lunch because the days were really hard. Yeah. So I think especially for husbands that are working outside the home, and um, the 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 mom is at home with the kids, and it's just kind of every day is the same, and the drudgery of that is to really check in because. I know for Brandy, it would be like the last hour before I got home where it was just like, you just, the wheels were falling off that, <laughs> that bus that we were on earlier. The wheels yeah. are just, yeah. radiator was smoking. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was a real challenge. And I think I wasn't as mindful, um, then I didn't realize. And because I was very young and stupid and was really driven and like wanted to do all these things and be these kind of things. And so I think that's really important, um, to, to consider is to check in. How are you guys doing? Cause not everybody's the same. So Brandy and I are very different people, and how we view things is is often very different, so we need to really communicate, so I'd encourage that communication. Yeah, and I think my second um, word of advice here would be to prioritize quality time together. So I think um, it's easy to feel like the kids or the day-to-day tasks or taking care of the house, all those things can take priority over the relationship. And so taking time to connect with your spouse every day, I mean, that could be chatting after work, going on a walk, whatever it is, but just really being mindful of not neglecting the relationship. Um, And one of the things in counseling that we try and encourage other couples to do is to think about things you did before you had kids things you enjoyed personally, but also things you enjoy doing together and see if you can't incorporate those things in. Um, because at the end of the day, these kids are getting off of your, your bus or your van or whatever we called it. But like, one way or the other, we're getting them off. Yeah, we're getting yeah, them off. So. We're going to get like a little convertible, yeah. you know, two-seater. Yeah. Um, but I mean, at the end of the day, you have to nurture that relationship because that's what's going to be left, you know, and you want to keep your eyes on the Lord. You want to both be serving the Lord together when this thing is, is said and done, when the kids leave. Um, and so... That's not going to happen if you don't invest the time when they're young or while you're raising them. Yeah, and so I just want to kind of highlight that and then circle back to something we else, else we had. But, yeah, is, is that really remembering that, um, and it was brought out that first session, uh, that you've, you've made a covenant to each other, but you've also made a covenant with the Lord, uh, your marriage, and that your kids didn't make that covenant with you. Right. The, in some sense, your kids were brought into your relationship against their will. <laughs> you can see by as they entered in the world and all the crying and whatnot. Um, so they they also let you know once they're teenagers that they really didn't want to be a part. Yeah. Of yes. They're not even sure if they like you. <laughs> if we had a dollar for every time our teenagers have told us this, we would already have the convertible. Yes. Um, and so, yeah, it, it would have been awesome. But yeah, they, they let you know. And you guys, many of you in here, I'm sure, have dealt with uh, the, the challenges of, of teenagers. But really reminding yourself, okay, it's us two. We're the only two 
in this house that have chosen to be in relationship, um, that weren't just brought into this whole thing. And so that really helps maintain perspective. Um, and it helps, you know, and, and um, when we were taking pictures earlier, you know, the, the imagery, they said, do you want to take a, uh, like a, What's it called? Uh, like a special agent picture. And so the yeah. back-to-back is what we did. And that's our thing. When That's kind of our signal for Brandy and I when things are just like everything's on fire in our lives. Uh, I remember having a conversation. We're standing out in the lawn in the backyard away from the house even. We're just like, let's get away from this house. And, you know, it's like we're fighting back-to-back. Yeah. Okay. It's got to be us against everybody uh, because sometimes it feels like that. Uh, but you, if you, you can maintain that relationship, then I think it's really helpful for your kids. And that's one thing I wanted to circle back to um, is when we do have dis- when you do have disagreements with your spouse is to discuss them privately. I think that's really, really important. Um, there's, uh, I grew up in a, in a household. My parents are both believers now. Um, but it was uh, a very, I never would use this phrase, but it's kind of like modern phrase. It was a very unhealthy environment. Um, my, my parents were, were, my dad was very verbally abusive toward me and toward my mom, toward my sister. And it was just, it, there was all kinds of insecurity uh, because my dad would, you know, you know it, was just, it was just a mess. I don't need to go into all of that. But whenever you see your parents, when you're a child and you see your parents constantly at each other's throats, there's no security for you as, as a kid. Um, you just don't know what's going to happen. I'm sure many of you have experienced that. So it's really important for us that when we disagree, we step away from where the kids are and we talk about this. Or we'll go out to coffee and like, hey, let's discuss this thing. How are we going to address this? It's really, really important that you don't vent all of these things in front of your kids. And maybe you have in the past... And, and that's something to, you know, repent of and to change. The, the important thing for everything that we're trying to share, we're really trying to share it from an encouragement standpoint. So if you're saying, huh, everything I've done so far as a parent has been completely wrong. <laughs> well, let's go have lunch. Um, you know, <laughs> if, that's, if that's how you're feeling today, the good news is you can repent today. I can repent today, right? And so was, we're not here to um, act like we're, we are special and we've got it all figured out. Out, um, we are, we're still working it out. But I would encourage you, if you've been, something here the Lord's speaking to you about and, and you realize, oh, I need to do this differently, then just do it differently. There's no reason to say, oh, I just, I need to, you know, be sad for a month because of what I've done in the past. You don't have to do that. You can repent, bring that before the Lord today and say, Lord, would you help me? Would you help me do something different? Would you, would you help put me on the right path? So I think those are really important things um, because we'll talk about it a little bit later, but we talk about the differences between our kids, but some of those kids and that, that security issue is going to be really important for them. Um, and that if, if you're fighting in front of them, arguing in front of them, it, it really does some damage. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, you, you want to jump into the, the parenting kids with different temperaments? Yeah. So yeah. one of, um, one of the things that is really interesting to me, um, is the idea that we have four kids and how different all of them are. Um, genetically, they're very similar, um, but and they were all raised in the same home, so nature and nurture, it should be pretty similar, but they are so very different. Um, I scooped, I scooted ahead. Okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> That's why we have our own devices. You know, it's you 1121. Do your device, I do my device. So I'm... Yeah. I'm moving us. Um, no, but our, <laughs> our first two kids, um, both girls, they were pretty easy to raise. They were easygoing, um, easy to parent, compliant. Not that it was perfect, but they were pretty easy compared to what we had coming. Our third, um, the only boy that we have, he's been completely different. Um, 
he has very few things in common with his older sisters. If something isn't his idea or if he doesn't see a why behind it, then um, he sees no reason to be compliant. Um, parenting him has caused us to draw much closer to the Lord and to each other. Um, and while we wouldn't have probably said it out loud before we had him, we really, I think we thought we were above average parents. I, I mean, would have I, said it out loud. You would have said it out loud. We probably did. I mean, we yeah. were young and prideful. Um, and, and the Lord said, let me show you. Yeah. And, and he, uh, and he gave us, um, Ryan, our third, um, and he's humbled us as parents and he's given us immense compassion for other parents. Um, and I think, and with that said, I think he, he knew we couldn't handle another difficult child. And so he gave us a girl and she is currently 15 and she's sometimes sweet and she's oftentimes sassy like her dad. And, um, and I think the Lord was gracious to give us four chances to parent, um, because we just didn't have it together and we still don't have it together and he lets us keep trying. So, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And so, so that's important. Um, you just kind of think about your kids and getting to know them individually. Um, and, and some of your kids, it may be that they're uh, the temperament that you can like just take them out individually and go have ice cream together, that kind of stuff. And I try to do certain things like that with my kids. And some of my, you know, some of them are good with that. And others like, I don't want to be seen in public with you, dad, you know? And so you really have to kind of take what you can get with these guys. Um, so I would encourage you to, um, to really not to strong arm your kids. Um, there are certain things that obviously that are non-negotiables, right? But just in general, and when it comes to having a relationship with you is to offer and invite, because uh, because that's how the Lord treats us, right? The Lord offers relationship with us, invites us into relationship. He doesn't strong arm us. And so if, if you feel strong armed in your devotional time and you feel strong armed in these kind of things, I would argue that that's a spirit of legalism. That's, that's, it's not the Lord. Um, and so really just continue to put out there. And then even as your kids kind of, you know, they start coming at you with different things and what, you know, it's just to, you to be the adult in the room, um, I think is really important. And, and one of the things that we've learned too is there's no one way to do things. Um, there's, there's no magic formula. There's no silver bullet, although Mardell would want to tell you so. Yeah, um, I think, and I'll jump in, yeah, jump I think yeah. as, a, as a young mom, especially going from, you know, working full time and all that to being home, I had a lot of time and I would read these Christian parenting books and I would get duped into thinking that there was just one way to raise kids. And that if I did A plus B plus C, they would just turn into these pleasant Christian adults. Um, <laughs> I found that, that all the books of Mardell do not speak truth, I've learned. Um, and this starts even during pregnancy, right? We can be really judgy of others. Like, um, will you breastfeed or will you bottle feed? Will you let them cry it out? Will you self-soothe? Will you give them a pacifier or a thumb? And it just doesn't get much better as they get older, public school or private school or homeschool, and it just keeps going. Um, and I think we, we can't get sucked into that. We've got to really treat each of the kids as individuals, and um, they're all different, and you have to adapt your parenting style to that, that there's not some magic bullet or formula or just because this one thing works for your friend at church, it doesn't mean it's going to work for you. And so I think you really have to trust the Lord, and you really have to keep your focus on Him and trust Him for each one of your kids. Um, not just for a, a parenting style in general. Yeah, I think that's, that's really good. And I think that's important to, to remember, to understand, and then to encourage other people toward, uh, because, you know, you can, so there, certain things will work with one child, um, then it, and it won't work with the next child. And so there, there can be this tendency to think about it, because we forget sometimes, I think, that children are ministry. 
um, it is a ministry. And as, as Bungie pointed out, it's not our first ministry, right? That, that um, with the Lord is our first ministry. But then also think about how at church we expect to talk to different people in different ways and there's different relationships because people have different temperaments and different backgrounds and all those kind of things. And somehow though we think because they're all our children, they should all behave just the same way. And it's just not like that. That's not how God does things. That's not how he creates people. And so kind of, I wanted to jump in a little bit. Brandy shared about the, you know, difficult children being humility. Um, and it's true. And it's one of the, the challenging things. Uh, so, cause as Brandy and I were talking about this and we've been working on this and talking about it in the car yesterday. Um, in all honesty, the brunt work of raising kids has fallen on Brandy. Uh, because she's been in the home, you know, she was a stay-at-home mom 18 years, right? We were trying to do the math today. Yeah, 18 years, she was a stay-at-home mom. And so it was really like, she was like the floor supervisor, right? She was there kind of <laughs> with those kids day after day. And I was, I was kind of like a manager in a sense, but I wasn't there on the floor uh, because I was going off to work and I was doing this different ministry and I was all this kind of stuff. And so she really bore the brunt of that. And so um, one of the things that happened though with, with, with Ryan, our third, is because I had that bad relationship with my dad growing up, I had fixated on like, if I have a son, I, I want things to be different. I just, I just wanna have that relationship with my son that I never had with my dad. And then so whenever the challenges of, of kind of who my son is right now, it didn't work out, then I, I just kind of really came apart um, because of that idolatry. You know, it was like I was hoping for kind of this redo of those things. Well, Ryan wasn't a part of that original relationship. And so to kind of put that on him about like he needs to fulfill this kind of some broken thing in me from my childhood wasn't fair to him. It wasn't right for him because ultimately it's between him and the Lord. And so um, it, he's really, you know, the Lord's taught me a lot through that. Um, it's been very challenging. And so that's one of the things I would encourage too is to embrace the difficulties in raising kids and to realize that's a part of your story. That's a part of what God is doing. Um, people in our church, they, they kind of turn their eyes a little bit sideways because I pretty much quote Romans 8.28. I find a way to wiggle it into every uh, sermon I teach. Um, but, but God is working all things together for the good. And even those challenges in parenting are, are some of the things that he is working together for the good. And so um, with that said, um, you know, some different, we've, we've listened to a lot of books and we've, we've sought counsel and we've listened to podcasts and, and something that stuck out to me a few years ago, I was listening to a, a, a Christian author who really has ministered to me a lot, is he was challenging um, Christian parents that they give room for the Holy Spirit to work in their kids' lives. Um, and so that's, that's one of the real big challenges for us, I think, as believing parents, and especially if we didn't grow up as Christians. You know, Brandy and I became Christians in our early 20s. And so what happens is you're like, well, I don't want my kids to go down the road I went down. I don't want my kids to kind of go through these things. I don't want them to kind of go to the school of hard knocks that I do. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to be the Holy Spirit in my kids' lives. I am going to harass them and harangue them and make sure that they get bullied into the kingdom. <laughs> I'm going to do it. And so what, what happens, you know, it, 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 the, the kids oftentimes rebel against that, right? That, that you, the more that you push, the more they bow up because they are beings in their own right. 
And so it's important for us to give the Holy Spirit room to work, to trust that the Holy Spirit um, wants to draw them to faith, to trust that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing, to trust that there's, no, there's not in the, in the Trinity, it doesn't say, you know, vacancy, help wanted. All right, the, the, the Trinity is complete apart from us. And to realize that our kids are going to have their own crisis of faith. Yeah, I think, you know, like Steve said, we weren't raised in Christian homes. And most of my exposure to the Christian faith as I was growing up, um, as a child and as a teenager, really did a lot more to push me away from the faith than it did to draw me near. Um, It was always really difficult for me to understand people who got saved at a young age. I'm not doubting that that happens. It for sure happens. But for me personally, the Lord used all the good and bad decisions that I made um, during all those years to really show me my need for salvation. Um, He knew exactly what it would take to soften my heart. And I think that comes back to the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit was drawing me and softening my heart. And it took all of those experiences and all that exposure to really get me to that place that I was willing to accept. But this left me in a conundrum as a, as a young Christian parent, because I have these young children who, I mean, in the midst of this, we also, we didn't really mention this, but we also started a church in the midst of having these four kids. We had one child when we started the church and three more after. And so um, church planting can be time consuming, time-consuming, and uh, also invasive. Um, <laughs> yes. But, um, you know, it left me in a conundrum with these young children as far as, like, bringing them to church. I was really fearful that that the, the way they were exposed to church, I didn't want them to be pushed away either. Um, and, it, and, and so it really just left me in, in a strange space. Um, and I have to remind myself that, you know, like you said, there's no spiritual grandchildren, right? All of our kids are going to have to have their own crisis of faith. Um, maybe that happens when they're five. Maybe it happens when they're 15. Maybe it happens whenever. But one of the things I have seen, because I know we're getting pretty low on time. Um, oh, no, we, we have like 15 minutes. We do? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll trust you. Um, one of the things... I'm the host. You're so. the host. You're, you're our podcast host today. Um, but one of the things that I have seen now that we do have two older daughters as they are, you know, leaving the nest, you know, the one already married, the one off at college, um, that it really took them, while they were believers when they left our home, they've really grown so much more now that they're outside of our home. I mean, their walks with the Lord have really become their own because I think it was easy for them when they were still in our home and in our church that we started... Um, for them to maybe even have some doubts, even if they trusted the Lord, but like, is all this real? Is this for me? Or is this just all I've heard? And so it really took them getting out of the home, um, having to find a church for themselves, having to really search the scriptures to figure out what do they believe? Who are they following? All those things. And they've both um, chosen to follow after the Lord and they've really grown and their faith has really become their own. So while we could help lay that foundation, we have to remember that the burden is not on us to save our children, right? The Holy Spirit is drawing them um, and he's using us as tools in that, but... um, Did you just call me a tool? I'm sorry. I was waiting. I thought Bungie would do that later. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Nice. Yeah, no, that's really good. And I I think that that's, it's helpful for us to remember. Did you, you mentioned no spiritual grandchildren? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all of this is, is very, I think, helpful for us, not only to, to like say, oh, I want to share it with others, but to remind ourselves of, um, because, you know, as your kids go out, you do wonder, um, you know, what are they going to do? And then there's, you, you, you try to avoid the every conversation being, well, where are you going to church these days? And what's going on there? And all that kind of stuff as if, you know, they're just reporting to you. And it takes really some faith to let go and to say, well, 
you know, ultimately we, we've tried to lead them and guide them in the way they should go, and it's up to them to kind of take it from here. Uh, and this, this brings us to the, the prodigals uh, category. Uh, because, you know, we talk a lot in Christian circles about prodigals and, and you know, they were, oh, they were raised in the church and now they're not walking with the Lord. And, and so we wanted to kind of explore this a little bit of if you have prodigals in your family, does that mean you failed as a parent? You're asking me as the, yeah. I know, right? Um, I think, you know, it, it's, it's important for us to remind ourselves what what is our responsibility towards our children, right? And I, I think our responsibility towards our children is to um, to live a righteous and set-apart life before them, to show them how to repent when we fall short, and to pray for them. We're to point them in the right direction. But we have to just trust the Holy Spirit and trust um trust his plan for their lives and and be able to let go a little bit. Um, I think feeling like we have any more control than that is really only an illusion. Yeah, and that's, yeah, I think that's absolutely right, is that we just don't have control. Um, And we we talk about having control and we have cruise control and we have all these things about control in our lives, but it's it's really an illusion, right? (laughs) We, we, We can't control anything, but we can be faithful. Um, and so even confessing to our kids too, I think as your kids get older and maybe you did some things poorly, um, in their lives when they were younger, it'd be great to just say to them, Hey, what I did back then or how I treated you or how I spoke to you or, or kind of how wishy-washy I was with my faith. Uh, I apologize for that. Right. But then also not to give them an out to say, Hey, I haven't lived a hundred percent faithfully. Absolutely. But that doesn't mean that the Lord's not faithful. Lord's 100% faithful. And so it's important that you, you, you kind of seek to communicate to your kids, hey, this is, Jesus is perfect, we're not, and just because we're his representative and we don't represent him perfectly doesn't mean that he's not perfect. And so helping them to make that distinction. And so that kind of leads us on to, well, if your kids are saved, can you take credit um, if your kids are saved? Can you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Okay. For, the, for all the same reasons, right? I mean, um, we're responsible for doing our part, but it's ultimately their, de- their decision. Um, I think the good news is we can be partakers of the fruit. When they do decide to follow after the Lord um, and he starts to bear fruit in, in their lives, we get to be a part of that and see that and, and um, hopefully get some rewards in heaven maybe for that someday. <laughs> yes. Maybe. Well, and, and kind of along these lines is I would encourage you uh, to keep communication open with your kids. Um, no matter what age they are, um, we've, we've heard a lot of, you know, in different cultures, if like uh, the kid goes off and does something that the parents don't approve of, they cut them off. Um, and I just don't see that as, as that's how the Lord works. Uh, if you look at the parable of the prodigal son, you know, you can kind of take it all apart. But the fact that the, the father goes running when he sees the son afar off is that he was looking for the return of the son. Um, and so, so just keep that communication open. That doesn't mean lowering your standards. That doesn't mean saying, well, I approve of all these terrible decisions you're making and yay. Um, but it, it does mean I'm, I'm willing to have relationship with you and I may disagree with you, but I still love you. Uh, I'm, I'm willing um, to interact with you. And I think that's really important. Um, and this kind of ties us into, as we think about these things and, and as our kids are making poor decisions, it's, it's really easy to panic when things get dark. Um, it, when when it's, it's a challenging season, um, it's, it's very easy to just, you know, go full panic mode. Uh, but I would encourage you, uh, another phrase I've heard long, from, from long ago is maintaining a long obedience in the same direction. Just a long obedience in the same direction. And I think if your kids see that, you have been faithful to the Lord. 
right? You just stay, keep on following the Lord. And I think about for Brandy and I, you know, it's, it's been 21 years that we've been, um, you know, since we planted the church there in Midland, not Odessa. And, um, you know, it's, it's interesting. We've had different people come and go from the church like five times. <laughs> they leave our church and then they come back and they leave our church and they come back. But we're just still doing what we've always done. Um, and so um, it's, it's encouraging to kind of see when people come back, they're like, oh, you're still here? Oh, you're still teaching the Bible? <laughs> yeah, that's still what we're doing. So just do that with your kids because you don't know that it might be they wake up and they're 35 and they're like, you know what? Now I understand what mom and dad were doing. So it, it's really important for, for your children that you, you maintain that long obedience in the same direction, that you show that, that faithfulness over time. So Yeah. To revisit the bus analogy, sometimes it feels like our kids are trying to jump out the windows and with all the bad decisions that they're making. It can be difficult to watch them during those dark times. It can feel like they're trying to set the whole bus on fire. Um, and we can get really tempted to veer off course. Um, so it's important, like you said, to keep our eyes on the big picture and on the final destination, on the Lord ahead of us. And cling close to him and to our spouse and just trust that this too will pass. Yeah. So we got about five minutes left um, on this on this episode. On this episode. Uh, and so I think it's time for us to move into talking about relationships with adult children. I think we need to move into that. But I, I, the one thing I wanted to have on here that didn't miss or is is just please remember that God loves your kids more than you yep. do. Okay. The, the Lord loves your kids more than you do. And so it, you give them over to him, you know, consistently, um, <laughs> daily, um, when your kids are, are being, uh, especially troublesome, you're going to probably give them over to him hourly. Uh, but just remember that, that, that the Lord loves your kids more than you do. Mm-hmm. Okay. Let's jump into that. Okay. Um, I already kind of mentioned that the baby and toddler years were really a difficult time for me. Um, and it really, it took till the kids got a little older for the clouds to start to lift. But I can say honestly that parenting, uh, teenagers and young adults has been my favorite season so far. Um, I really adore the relationships I have with my older girls that are out of the house now. Um, <laughs> that sounds terrible. That's not a, I, I, now that I can love you at a distance. Uh, no, I know, I'm just joking I know. with you. What I'm really trying to get at is, is we're surrounded because we, we work at a high school, we're around kids graduating from high school all the time, and I encounter moms a lot that are just like, oh, my baby, my baby's graduating from high school, I can't believe it, and they're so sad. Um, and I feel a little guilty because I don't generally feel feel all that sad about that because I've seen the fruit of once they're out of the house. Um, My kids are out of the house that have a relationship with the Lord. Um, They now choose to have a relationship with us instead of being forced to have a relationship with us. And it makes the relationship that much sweeter. Um, uh, Yeah. And so I think one of the things I wanted to hit on here too was um, I was reading a, a book recently, a parenting book about parenting adult children and this transition into parenting them. And one of the taglines was always invite and never expect. And so I said, always invite, never expect. And you know, our children are always invited into our home, but there's never any expectation that they're going to come. I think it's important for us to have boundaries and for us to not overstep those boundaries um, and allow our children to come in, but not always expect that, not being manipulative and overbearing and all those things. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think especially as you transition, if your kids are having, you know, their kids are older. I remember growing up in like a lot of dysfunction in both sides of my family. And so there was all this kind of manipulation at the holidays. 
of who's going to be at whose house and how many hours were you at this house compared to you at this house and all of that nonsense. I mean, I was still getting presents, so I enjoyed that. Um, but two houses. Yeah, two houses, yeah. Uh, but, but there's all this kind of mess, and so what it does is it, it creates a lot of tension. And so for us to show our kids freedom, right, it's like I'm not going to manipulate you. I'd love for you to come visit. Um, you, you can come over. That's, that's great, but I'm not expecting you to. Um, and, and so I think that's really reflective of the Lord. The Lord says, hey, I'd love to be with you as much as you want to be with me, but it's your choice. And, and so um, one thing that I'd, I'd heard years ago, kind of another little saying was uh, that kids, kids should have keys to their parents' house, but parents shouldn't have keys to their kids' house. Um, and I really like that. And I think that's, that's, it's always this idea of that our kids are always welcome to come back home. This is always your home, but your home, you know, that, that you've created now that you've gone out is not my home, okay? And so that, that I think that's kind of has us proper boundaries, um, and it, it really lets your children grow up into who God's created them to be. Yeah, I think the last thing that I really wanted to add was... Um, really being mindful of how your role as a parent shifts as your kids get older. I see myself as a mentor to my kids now, um, the ones that are out of the house. Um, sometimes they ask me for advice and then they still choose to go another direction. Um, and I don't agree or we don't agree with every decision they make, um, but ultimately these are their decisions and we have to let them be their decisions, right? They may go about things differently. They're different people. Um, and they're gonna be the ones to live with the consequences. And um, sometimes it can be difficult to sit on the sidelines and watch them make those decisions um, if you think that they're not in their best interest. But, um, and it can be discouraging and disheartening. But I can also say it's a little bit freeing to just allow them that freedom to make those decisions and, and to go their way and to know that this, this isn't your thing anymore. Like they, we've transferred that dependence onto the Lord. They're responsible to the Lord and, and they're gonna to have to work those things out and that we don't have to be so invasive. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think that that's really, it, it's wild. If you think about it, that's how the Lord treats us. Mm-hmm. Like the Lord gives us absolutely incredible freedom. Like you can go out here right now and slash Bungie's tires, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> the Lord will give you freedom to do that. I can't guarantee the consequences. All right. That's going to follow. Right. But the Lord gives us this kind of crazy amount of freedom. He gives us instruction and direction and he gives us his spirit. But then he says, you guys got to choose. And so I think for us, we really honor the Lord and we honor our kids, right, as they get older and do that. Now, these, th- what we're talking about right now is for adult children. I'm not saying go home to your four-year-old and say, you know, I just really think I should give you more freedom. No, not, not yet. <laughs> but as they get older, give them that freedom. And, and so really with that in mind, this brings us to our, our closing exhortation. And it's really simple. Um, it, it's be an encourager and not a sniper. <laughs> Okay, so you think about the difference between that. An encourager is up close and a sniper is far back. And it's easier to be a sniper, right? It's easy to be critical. It's easy to look around at other parents and say, well, they should be doing this and they should be doing that and talk bad about them on social media or whatever the case may be. But instead, just choose to be an encourager, right? Choose to to come near, to have fellowship, to commiserate when things are difficult, uh, to, to give, um, you know, maybe there's some instruction you can give as they ask for it. But I really encourage you to uh, encourage you to encourage others. Um, being an encourager is, I really think, what the Lord wants from us. And if, even if you look at the Holy Spirit, you know, the comforter, the one who comes alongside to encourage, to coach us and mentor us. Uh, we've been encouraged by other parents throughout the years, and it's been a real blessing. And so we hope that we've been an encouragement to you as well.